Come on! I'm on the court with Rick Witzkin. We're shaking it up. We're getting ready, pouring a little pickle and football stuff all over the kitchen. Oh yeah. Zero, zero, stop me up. Okay, perfect. So you found a little room in, are you in the gym in there? I'm in the, in the gym, yeah. There's only one person in here, so I think we're in a really good That's spot. awesome. That's great. Yeah. Now, this, did you get a workout in this morning? Did you play any pickleball yet this morning? I know it's <laughs> I afternoon. I not played any pickleball. Yeah, so when the meetings end this afternoon, there is an owner um, that's coming in. We've got plenty of owners coming in, um, but one of them is a very good senior pro singles player. So when I'm done with my meetings, I'm going to reach out to him, and there's a good chance we're going to play singles uh, tonight before our uh, dinner cocktail hour. Fun, 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 fun. Yeah, awesome. So now that you're yeah. in a good spot, let's go ahead and uh, let's go ahead and reset it, Rick. Appreciate you being on the court with me, as I like to say. I've got Rick Witzkin. Wit Witzkin. Let me pronounce that the right way. Joining me now, Rick. Is are you in Naples or where in Florida are you? I'm absolutely in Naples, and I'm at the Hyatt House, and we are having a nice. series of meetings. Um, we started with the co-founders, my partners. Beth Bellamy and Michael Chen, and we added our CEO, Paul Bamundo. And then we've expanded today to our administrative team, which is um, Danae Huff, who's our social media and marketing. And we've got events coordinator. Um, his name is Sam Mogelner. And then we also have Julie Weston. Um, and then even our commissioner, Stu uh, Upton, who has, has joined us today. Fantastic. So the whole crew there and folks, this is NPL National Pickleball League, some big meetings there. But the big news, Rick, go ahead and let's talk about this agreement with CBS Sports. We were just talking about it ourselves this Wednesday, folks. You can see televised the championship match. It was out here in Glendale. I was there and it featured Rick's own team. But Rick, let me not steal your thunder, buddy. Yeah, Um so it is definitely January 31st, Wednesday. We're super excited. It's 7.30 um, Pacific or 10.30 Eastern time. And to uh, capture that incredible championship weekend of all six teams, which um, for our listeners, I'd like them to know that the two teams in Florida are the Boca Raton Picklers and the Naples JBB United. And also out west, we had the OKC Punishers. We also had the Denver um, the Denver Iconics. And then, you know, we also have the team that I was on, which was the Indy Drivers. And then you also have the Austin Ignite. So the six teams played for the championship and on the CBS show, it'll be um, encompassing mostly the championship weekend. Okay. You're, you're the whole weekend. Yeah, that's going to be great. And is that going to be carrying over into this year for some television of National Pickleball League events? Yeah, I mean, I feel like there will be a little bit of a highlight of what's to come in 2024, but um, including some of our new sponsors will be involved in some of the commercials. Um, but I don't think it'll be too, um, there won't be too many secrets le um, about the 2024 season out on the CBS. Okay. Well, we certainly want to get to the 2024 season and as much as you can share with us down there for the meetings. However, first, Rick, I've got to ask you a little bit. You're from Indianapolis. You uh, roll tide, fair to say. Roll tide. It's, it's a big football weekend. So do you stay in tune with the pigskin, Rick Witzkin? Absolutely. I mean, I'm definitely a, 
uh, aficionado of fantasy football. And in addition to that, I do love my Indianapolis Colts, and I'm sad that they lost to the Houston Texans by one game um, in the in the to make the playoffs. But you know, when I think about um, the four teams that are left, and you think of a guy named Brock Purdy, that's you know a Christian and just like went went from rags to riches and Mr. Irrelevant. That's an insane story. So I'm kind of rooting for the 49ers. Um, but even Detroit and, and golf, it just, you know, like a lot of times I think about stories and how they could affect kids, right? And mm-hmm. Jared Goff wasn't quite good enough, I guess, for the LA Rams, but then he beat the Rams and now he's in the NFC Championship game. That's an insane story. And, you know, yeah. obviously Patrick Mahomes to, to like have only known getting to the AFC Championship game. That's an absolute phenomenal um, feet. And then what Lamar Jackson's doing is kind of a two-way quarterback running and passing. And I know I've only to- touched on the quarterbacks, but it just, oh, that's okay. I, I do watch all the sports at the final levels because the mentality of these players is something I study. And, um, but I really do enjoy um, the NFL. I do too. And we could sit here, we could spend the whole show on that. We won't, but we're going to spend a little time on it because I love what you said. There are so many great storylines this weekend from Purdy, who's a local kid, from right out here at Gilbert High, Mr. Irrelevant, and he's any anything but, right? He has become absolutely relevant. And then the defenses. Gotta love the defenses. When I was watching some of those games, the Packers were moving the ball, except they went Cowboys in the red zone and couldn't punch it in for touchdowns. It's going to be a great weekend. I love the Lamar story. Can he get it done? Because there you go on the other side. The Chiefs are the champs until you take it from them. And there's some of that mentality, and you just got to feel that's – Pat, you know, Mahomes has got to feel that he's got Kelsey there. The coach is going to have a good game plan. And that's going to segue me, if I could talk, I'm all excited, is, you know, when you're coaching, you, you coach tennis, Rick, you coach pickleball, you played tennis competitively for a long time. You're pretty good at pickleball, too. <laughs> does coaching style change when, when you're dealing with tennis or pickleball or does it kind of stay the same? Do you really focus in on the mental aspect and then get to the fundamentals of the sport. Yeah, there's no doubt that it, it changes uh, between the two sports and clearly the mental state of your student or your players. I mean, in this case, I absolutely coached my players every second that I wasn't playing um, on the court for the any drivers. And I felt like that was pretty effectual because I knew the players very well. I helped draft them, which was a fun component for me. But um, you know, dealing with the emotional side first and then dealing with the strategical side second. But so the emotional is the same for the tennis and the pickleball. But boy, when you talk about the strategical aspect, it's it's very different. And um, I've relished coaching both sports at the same time. And I've, been, I've relished coaching um, children and adults. So I've kind of run the gamut in my sports life and the love of tennis and pickleball um, are pretty equivalent, although obviously professionally to have a rebirth with a sport like pickleball for my own competitive desires, it's been a godsend. And and you see that. I mean, you definitely saw that championship weekend. Every time I've gotten the, the pleasure to speak with somebody like yourself associated with competitive pickleball, even at this level, National Pickleball League, it, it is exciting. And then the camaraderie that's forming as well. And now let's talk about a little of the expansion that's happening this year. You mentioned the six teams. Aren't we going to eight and even beyond? We've already uh, can see that in the near future. Yeah, on February 6th, you will um, see on the social medias the rollout of the new teams. 
And while I can't be 100% specific, I can tell you that the, the model in which we utilize for the National Pickball League says that in year one, there will be six teams. In year two, there will be 12 teams. And we expand and kind of double each year. So um, I can tell you that with relative certainty, we will have reached our expansion goals. You'll see that on February 6th. That is exciting. It's very exciting stuff as the sport continues to grow and you see that. And hey, you say as much as you can. I love to deal in what I call toilers, part teasers, and spoiler. So as many of those as we can drop around future of NPL and what's coming this year, you do that. Now, yeah. one thing I find fascinating about your, you is you are one of eight children, which is absolutely incredible. Now, you did mention that your brother passed. And can you talk about you know, that the impact of that on you, how that's impacted the family and how you take that into your everyday life. You know, I'm glad you asked that. And what's interesting is I just said this to my wife the other day. I'm like, you know, Bridget, it's pretty impressive that Todd Witzkin, who died in 1998, is still in my head and in my heart um, to this day as much as he was the day after he passed away. And um, he's really brought me strength. And tough situations, not only business-wise, but also on the court and in matches. And I think about him a lot. And most people by now know my pickleball branding of my pro play is called Ripskin, which stands for uh, rest in peace, thus the word rip, and then skin with my last name, S-K-E-N. Um, and that's an honor of my brother. So I think about him all the time. I've got an eagle on my logo of my paddle and a lot of shirts I wear if I'm not in the NPL playing. Um, that is just in, emblematic of our last trip when we took it over uh, to the Pacific Northwest, out to Yellowstone. There was a bald eagle that followed me and um, uh, my brothers and a couple of Todd's best friends. Um, an eagle, bald eagle, was following us around everywhere. So, um, whoops. Uh-oh. Amber alert as we're speaking. <laughs> Sorry. That's either an amber alert or a hurricane. You're down there in Florida. Well, you know... Knowing my brother, it's probably a bald eagle alert that there's a bunch of them flying right over my head. So um, it's truly miraculous, Mickle. And I'm not, you know, like trying to freak people out spiritually, but whenever I talk about my brother at a camp, for instance, when I do a Ripskin camp, um, mm -hmm. there appears to be a bald eagle that starts flying around wherever I'm at. And um, I literally was driving here to the meetings and was speaking about him and I looked up and there's an eagle flying right over my car. It's like, you've got to be kidding me. So um, it's pretty deep. I love it. You know, he died of a brain tumor. He was given six months. He lasted a year. But more importantly, wow. I mean, he was number one in the world in pro tennis and doubles and top 40 in singles. And, you know, but he was such a humble, incredible human being that in this short 34 years on earth, he accomplished more than most people do in a lifetime. So um, it's fun for me to continue to keep his memory alive. And um, I think it gives me passion in big situations, which, you know, I'm proud of the way I performed in the championship um, for the NPL and the Indy drivers. Well, I appreciate you sharing that. And I don't think you can understate uh, the power of spirituality. And when you see those eagles, I think you should look up, think of your brother. He's soaring right there with you. And, and certainly I saw the passion of you on the court i mean you can rip it we can get back we can have a little fun with that because that was awesome and you made a little time for me in the midst of everything when we were sitting there to talk about the charity event prior to that night all of the events and things that we do off the court that mpl is associated with 
speak to that a little bit because I know that's part of your passion as well. Yeah, that's my pleasure to talk about that. And with my co-founders, Michael and Beth, you know, we just really have bigger um, impressions of what this league's going to be rather than just pickleball. And, you know, we're, we're all successful in our own right. And, um, you know, our desire to bring goals and um, objectives and stories out here uh, with the NPL, we, it's unbelievable how many lives that NPL has touched just to get them to train hard in the gym or, or even train on the court or to in, improve their nutrition. Like we do generally feel like we've given and we've gotten so many emails and um, even verbal compliments on how we, we ran the league. It's what we stand for. And so when you think about a guy like on my team, that his name's Ken Julian and he owns Julian Coffee and he has Parkinson's disease and he literally swears by the NPL and he's a hometown guy with me. So he trains at my facility and he's up every morning. And he said, getting up in the morning is the hardest thing to do um, physically because of his pain. But then he gets to the court and he hits the ground running and he's training for the NPL. But, you know, when I connected with you, Mickle and Glendale, it was, you know, the night preceding our interaction was pickle on pink. And we have um, a minimum of five breast cancer survivors on the women's side right. of the NPL. And so those women were um, carted in on a, on a golf cart and um, it kind of brought tears to our eyes, you know, because these women have fought the, the great battle and they're all in good place. And, you know, some of them shared their testimonials and it just was so powerful, you know, and we raised a lot of money for, for breast cancer. But, you know, to me, secondary to the money was just the stories that these players have been through. And we're talking about really good players. Um, I think they really touched the lives of so many people that were listening to them that night. So um, I'm this, these, all these players, everybody's lived 50 years or longer, right? So they all have That's their right. own story. But, you know, typically people that are investing in pickleball have talent and they've had success in their life. So these stories are um, not few and far between. We hope to reach a ton of them and probably 168 of them, which would be all of them for 2024. Well, I think it's great. And you can't, again, overshadow how pickleball can impact and does and is impacting communities. And you see that with, with NPL, you see that across pickleball. And you see that, I think, how it's helping out just people in general recreationally. And I'll come back to that because I also wanted to ask you, you've got three children of your own. And Rick, my crack research team could only find out that they play tennis. Are they picklers? What's going on over there? <laughs> That's a funny question, and I would love for them to be on this call to answer that because, you know, the short answer is that when I um, let them know about this amazing sport called pickleball five years ago, I mean, I've been in the sport for 12 years, but I really started getting into it from a pro level and me being on tour. And, you know, when they saw other people watching me on live streams, like, oh, dad, I, I caught some of your match. I'm like, I would never have thought they'd want to go see a match of mine or even watch it on online. And so they started watching me a little bit. And then you know, when, when a five or six year ago answer was, oh, pickleball, and they are primarily tennis players. Um, my son's a wrestler. But at the same time, they now are like fully intrigued in the sport. And they saw that I started a middle school pickleball team in Zionsville, Indiana, and I had 40 uh, players in this club team that, I, that I've kind of helped fund, you know, and it's um, I'm my daughter's 19 and then um, Ashland University in Ohio. And the president called me in on just the whole orientation trip and said, hey, 
I know of you. My wife loves pickleball. She follows you. I'm like, wow. I mean, I would have never thought I'd be meeting the president of my daughter's university, right? So right. Um, I think through that and then all the famous people, obviously, that own MLP teams. And I will actually throw a little teaser that we've got um, yeah. two very, very, very famous people in the new ownership groups of these new teams in 2024, not to mention we've got a former um, Heisman Trophy winner playing in our league. That will oh, be a drafted player because he's very good. And in, in addition to that, we have uh, a top 10 tennis player that's coming to our combine in March. He's a former HP top 10. So I'm racking my not- brain with a former Heisman Trophy winner that is mm-hmm. going to be joining the league. Racking, racking, racking. It could rhyme with like twerful. I don't know. Ooh, you're, you're smarter than you look, Mikkel. <laughs> 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 oh, that's a lot of fun. That'll be pretty cool. Pretty cool. But staying on the on the angle of you, coach, like you said, you coach middle school in tennis. You started a middle school pickleball. I am always fascinated with the youth movement and where this could go with pickleball, right in schools, especially college. Now you're right up there in in Indianapolis and in Indiana, where they had the big. <clears throat> it wasn't too far from Indianapolis, I don't think, where they had the yeah. huge college tournament recently. And yeah, I think know, yeah, no, I mean, um, the truth is that there's a lot of different, um, you know, um, people that are planning their flags for different events. And I commend my good buddy, John Moran, who was involved in the college championship there in Indy. I know there's a couple other college championships that are in other parts of the country. And, you know, I hope collectively they work together to have the most amazing um, college scene. And obviously I'm working on the teenage scene and, well, I started in middle school because it's a little easier for me when I coach a tennis team at the middle school level to get them over into pickleball in the off seasons. Um, I hope to cultivate the high school as well. So as long as we all work together, I think, um, you know, we can move mountains. And, you know, you know, through COVID and all the time, the families that, you know, played together. I mean, heck, even my family on Christmas Eve morning, it's one of my favorite times of the year as I bring some of my family friends who have kids and all of our kids play with us. And, um it's just now pickleball is a very cool thing for every teenager um, and even collegiate at this point. So the sky's the limit. And I've said this before and you've heard it a million times from other people, but I do think pickleball was going to save the world. Well, I think it's um, on its way, especially around here in this country. And I know it's, you know, worldwide is being played. And I I like the way you said it because it can involve families. I saw, uh, it was, I I don't know how old the girl was, but the whole birthday party, they were out at Pickleball and they had little trophies. And of course you heard one comment. She's like, oh yeah, we play all the time. We've got a court in our backyard. And a couple of us looked over and said, of course you do. And and it's just, you see it all the time. I see companies out on the Pickleball court having company pickle day and they're just having fun. And we even did that at at my company. That's where I think too, and I guess I'll take your perspective on this with, you know, let's stay at the rec level for a minute. Accessibility, pretty good. Pickle places are opening. We've got the Pickle Mall here and Pickleball Kingdom, and there's going to be Center Court Pickleball. Do you think maybe that the we sh- they could, could slow down and, and kind of phase in this court development, or is it still a good time? Let's keep going. Let's get these courts out there because there is demand. You can go to a public court like in Gilbert Regional Park down the road from me, and it is constantly packed, which is awesome. Boy, I would answer this question a lot differently a year ago. Um, but, well, you know, first and foremost, the NPL plays indoors and indoors only as of right yep. now. And the good news is there's so many new facilities being built. 
obviously with the expansion to 12 teams in 2024, you know, as much as we've loved the uh, relationship that I cultivated with a chicken and pickle, um, we, we kind of have to move away from them for most of our events just because we need more than six or eight courts. So um, thank goodness for our um, for the expansion of indoor facilities around the country for our league to be um, accommodated with the 12 and then 16 to 18 to, to then 24 teams. We, we need that expansion. Um, we could go outdoors, don't get me wrong, but right now we are an indoor exclusive league and players thank us left and right because they've been involved in too many horror stories of not getting to play and not getting their entry fees back and crazy schedules till two in the morning and all that stuff. So um, to answer your question though, um, I, and I've never said this to anybody, but I actually think maybe the expansion is too much right now for an investment perspective. Um, mm-hmm. I, I mean, obviously, you know, outdoor courts are a dime a dozen. You can transform a tennis court to a pickleball court in, in a very short period of time. Right. So that being said, I mean, I'm super appreciative. Like my, one of my best friends fam, uh, is own is building an $8 million country club. Um, it's indoors in Indianapolis called pick one pen. And they're going to have you know, restaurant, bar. They're going to do everything the right way. And I'm going to be affiliating with them in a um, soft capacity. And I'm super proud of that. That being said. What's the perspective the- opening date of that for the folks listening who yeah. live there? Yeah, absolutely. So that's uh, April is, is the um, mid-April okay. perspective uh, opening date. I've been, I was just there last weekend checking out the actual structure. but um, And I don't fear for them because they're doing things the right way in first class and you know, I've got some existing client base that's going to be moving in there too. Um, but still, I, I just think I've heard so many companies evolving into the um, indoor pickleball world that I fear a little bit for the monetization, even though the growth is still astronomical. I mean, I look, I've got in from the ground zero in pickleball. And what I saw from 12 years ago, to seven years ago was like, wow. And then from seven years ago to like literally two years ago, I'm like, holy smokes, there's no right. any more than this. And it's still blowing up. So, I mean, these it are is. smart people. They read the, the, the metrics on growth, but I still think people need to be really understanding and cautious in which city they evolve in the proximity of the next facility. I would agree. No, very well said. And that, you know, the sport is still growing. I think it's going to continue to grow. A lot of the noise is still about the noise. I think we can say that. And then, of course, you get to paddles and hot paddles. And now, do we going to bounce the serve or not bounce the serve? How do you come out on on some of that? Where do you come out on? I haven't heard a lot as recently now that some of the tours are starting back up and the tournaments in regards to, hey, that paddle is just way too hot. But I also haven't heard a lot of uniform testing requirements. How is that going to be on NPL or can you say? Yeah, um, to be honest, we haven't um, implemented a paddle testing up to this point, but we do have the USA PA uh, approved referees that do their hand inspection. Um, I can tell you that from a guy that uses zero grit on his paddle up to this point, I do feel like sometimes I'm um, going into war with a pea shooter fighting against a a rocket launcher. (laughs) And so, bring I mean, a, I feel, gun, what's that? I said, you bring a knife to a gunfight, Rick. Yeah, that was exactly. my bad Sean Connery impression. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it's my choice. I obviously get sponsored and, you know, I do appreciate that they were able to put my brother's logo of Ribskin 
on my paddle, um, which they couldn't do with like a carbon. Um, but I do plan on changing sooner than later to a carbon. Anyway, but to answer your, your question, I'm in favor of more controls and more inspections and a better process of inspection. I'm not gonna mention any names, but I've played a couple guys, one in a huge gold medal match where I felt like the paddle was doing something to the ball that I've never seen before. And I Ooh. missed seven return of serves in a row, which I don't typically miss at return of serves. So like hitting in the net, playing, hitting out or? Yeah, yeah when you're yeah. playing the US Open and you're playing for a gold medal match and you know, that's a big deal, you know, like singles yes. and I, <laughs> I grinded 90 degree heat. And, you know, I'm not blaming the player at all. This guy is a very credible ethical guy, but I just don't know that his paddle was, uh, would have passed if it had gotten inspected properly. That's all. But that being said, I, I really, you know, don't blame the players so much. I mean, if they know they're clearly delaminating their paddle, then shame on them. But I do think sometimes... Right manufacturers or you know they send paddles that might be slightly defective that maybe get past the radar test and um it just needs to get better the controls because now we're talking about significant money significant sponsors i mean even for the senior pros like money is becoming good and mm -hmm. the more money you know the more likelihood of, of cheating or um even a paddle company wanting their player to do so well that they might enhance the playability beyond the the specs well and sometimes that's that's what i've said because you hear people say this and you hear you know people will have a comment about that and i say look that one that you just bought isn't the one that you know said player is going to get from the same company to go play with on the court and, and to your point advantage advantage we have to remember that there is a this is a big business this is becoming even a bigger business on on business side of it i'm not going to say a company says hey you're going to go take this one out there Trust me, you're going to do a lot better. You can win. Do you like it? I don't know. I'm not a pro. However, I like the way you put it. If we can have some progressive, better testing, especially as there is more money in the sport, the technology is only going to continue to advance, and not only with paddles, and now we're, we're working with uh, balls to be quieter or balls maybe to be a little different too. We'll continue to see how it evolves. Yeah, no doubt. And, you know, I, again, I don't have any grit on my paddle, um, but I, I do feel like the testing has to be uniform across really all amateur and pro and senior pro. But I'd like to have the senior pros get to the level of testing that the open pros have, because again, contracts and prize money, um, they're yeah. significant. So, and I think the more materials are coming into play, with the service of the paddle so absolutely uh, i just you know and it, like you asked about the serve you know i i i don't like i mean i literally went from playing seven years of no crazy manipulations to i literally lost a, a match or two because a guy had a behind his back couldn't see where it was going until he flipped it out in seven different rotations and i i as as a little bit of a purist I just felt like that was a little dirty. Um, a little overboard. What's that? Is it a little overboard? Yeah, I just felt like, and, and I mean, who wants to just see a serve and a missed return? Like that's that's not great for television. It's not great for your live stream. It's not great for the brand. So I am a big purist in regards to the serve, where I feel like manipulation prior to impact shouldn't happen. Um, I, I think whatever the PPA implemented the last tournament 
clearly there was a lot of scuttlebutt about it. And I don't, I feel like that might've gone a little overboard, but you know, I don't, I'm not a PPA open pro. So I would, I don't know what that change in mechanism is. Yeah. And so we'll just kind of see how it all plays out for me. I, uh, you know, the rules say you got to pretty much have an underhand serve. You can drop it, bounce it. And then, and then we go, I think the serve can still be very tactical and advantageous in pickleball. Some people tend to say not, you know, cause you're not serving overhand like in tennis. I disagree. Depending on where you put it, you got a better idea of where the return's going to come. And totally. your opponent can react and, and set up the whole point. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's a really good, good point. Okay. So I know you're down there. You got some meetings today. You got some pickleball, hopefully, to get to later today. You ready to have a little fun? I got some fun stuff. Yes. Yes. Let's go. Right. Let's do it because I think we're close to the same age. How old are you, Rhett? I'm 53. I just turned 53 in, um, well, this month, two weeks ago. Okay. All right, so I'm 51, so we're very close in the same orbit. So we'll start you with an easy one because you did you did bait me with this, so I got to ask you, and the people will love this because we're going to get to your football picks, but first, here's an easy pick for you. Your nephew is Ben Shelton, tennis superstar. Will he make, he's got three left, a major final this year? Um, to be more clear, his name is Benjamin Todd Shelton, named after okay. my deceased brother. And the birth of Appreciate Ben that. is a phenomenal story that you hear first and the ESPN commentators aren't picking up quite yet. And they'll get educated eventually. When Todd was very sick, his best friend, Brian Shelton, came um, to Todd's home in Zionsville multiple times. And that whole evolution of Brian and my sister uh, kind of evolved over a horrible um, cancer um you know, just, just a really terrible situation turned into a beautiful thing. So, um, yeah, to answer your question, Amazing. I mean, just even watching Ben is spiritual. I almost feel like I see Todd's, I see Todd's, um, yeah. imprint and stamp all over what Ben, Ben is doing. And, um, I love following him. I was at the U S open last year when he got to the semis, I was at the Australian open when he got to the quarterfinals. And, um, I, I don't want to predict finals or not, um, in a grand slam. He does he have the talent 100% is his dad, a great go. coach. Absolutely. And that was an upgrade, but as far as his health and, you know, injuries, I mean, he hits a serve 149 miles an hour. <laughs> I hope <laughs> to God. <laughs> I hope his arm stays intact. Yeah. <laughs> It, no, For it's sure. incredible. And, and, and to, and to watch, you know, from afar as I always have, cause I grew up huge tennis fan, you know? And so I grew up back in, you know, watching Borg and McEnroe Wimbledon on TV sitting right there going, Oh my gosh. And, and playing a lot of tennis recreationally. I, I played baseball was my chosen sport. Never really anything past kind of high school, but I, you know, always played tennis when I could. Me and my dad used to love playing tennis. So I appreciate you sharing, sharing that. And especially of that, about Benjamin Todd Shelton, and I appreciate you being uh, so willing to share about your brother and the importance of that to you because the spiritual guy myself, and I tell you, I, I do really appreciate that, Rick, and, and we'll kind of continue here. Moving on, being from Indianapolis, how many times have you been to the Indy 500? That's a great question, and it's something that I want to bring to the NPL is a uh, event around the Indy 500 In the to share that experience with yeah, pickle yeah. in the and middle of the um, indie- awesome. oh, that'd be incredible. That would be incredible, and it was, you know the race is on a Sunday, so I am brewing an event that uh, hopefully will happen in the next year or two. But um, I've probably been to the race about seven times, and 
I never follow racing, car racing, but it is the greatest spectacle in sports. And 200 plus thousand people um, coming to that event is just a, a sight to see, obviously, all walks of life from all different countries. And um, it's just something I recommend for everybody. Have you ever gotten to sit in a car, go around the track? I have not done that. But the irony is, you know, I didn't know which team was going to pick me in the draft for um, 2023. <laughs> I had a good feeling I'd go fairly early in the draft. And when the Indy driver's owner, Phil Cohn, picked out of the hat number one first pick, I had a pretty good idea that I would be an Indy driver player. And it's only fitting that that's my home city and where I've lived my whole life other than college. So I was more than proud to be um you know, flashing the checkered flag shirt and, and <laughs> then we got the checkered flag in the end. So it was a beautiful thing. That's right. Everything came full circle. Another event of mine just that was favorite of mine as, as a kid growing up watching the Indy 500, AJ Foyt, all the drivers. Did you have a favorite driver? You said you weren't really a big, big guy, but you had to have maybe a driver you watch or Andretti, any of them, Unzers, come on. Yeah, I just remember being a kid, like the name Tom Sneva seemed oh, yeah. to really be a, a a car racer that I was following. I do know um, that there are a couple guys that really love pickleball, and I think I'm going to be doing a commercial um, with them Fun. in Indy. So um, I'm trying to think of <laughs> the guy's name. I know obviously he's a little guy. Um, he's really charismatic. If you said his name, I'd say that's him. I mean, he's probably one of the most famous in the last five years, um, mm. but I can't re remember his name. Castor Nevis. That's it. Castroneves. I think he loves it. Helio Yeah. Oh, yes. awesome. Yes. Yes. The spider monkey yeah. climbs up the, you know, he climbs up the fence after he wins Indy. Awesome. Exactly. Now, would <laughs> exactly. you chug the milk? Would you chug the milk? 100%. In yeah. fact, you I do. recommended that after our um, win of the Indy Drivers Championship in 2023. And somehow there wasn't located milk that we could all chug or pour over myself and the owners and the players heads but i'm all into that uh celebration and historical value oh absolutely i would kiss the bricks i would chug the milk i would do everything necessary to be an indie champion one thing i would not do is if i was a head coach or a player on the team that won the duke's mayo ball i want no part of the mayonnaise shower let me tell you i don't want any of it <laughs> yeah for sure not. But it's funny you ask about that because I literally spent when we, when we we had clinched the match and we had a little time because there was one more match um, finishing up with the drivers. I was literally looking for milk, trying to think about the, how that celebration would go down, just like the Indy 500. So great. So great. All right. Let's keep it going here. Did you wear parachute pants back in the day? Oh, my gosh. I think about that. Um, more than you might realize. And I even joke about it at my ripskin camps that I run all over the country. I, I still can't believe I wore white. I had white parachute pants. Like, uh, 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 I'm a seventh grader wearing white parachute pants. Like, you got to be kidding me. The were things you we break did. Dancing? We you were breakdancing. Jeez. I, I don't know about breakdancing so much, but I definitely know that the parachute pants wearing white parachute pants oh, didn't man. seem like the appropriate color. Did I happen to see a mullet in a past picture? Oh boy, that's like so brings me back to high school tennis, and that's <laughs> definitely a picture my kids like to pull up all the time and make fun of me. But they don't realize just how prevalent 
the mullet was in the 80s. And like, I absolutely had it and even took it to college a little bit, but then got harassed a little. So I had to <laughs> get the haircut. But I, I represented it well and I loved it. Hey, I tell you what, if you can do it, you have to. And it's, I mean, if you could bring it back, I bet it would be something to see. Movies, TV, you got, you know, three kids, you guys do movies, TV? Yeah, you know, really not a lot. I did just talk to some our, our co-founders and we, our team at dinner last night, just telling them that my favorite love movie uh, was Shawshank Redemption. And Ooh. the level of response that everybody seemed to love that movie and a couple others have that as a favorite, just all the life lessons of a true story and, um, you know, Timothy Robbins and his whole, you know, he did such a great job acting in that. So did Morgan Freeman. Um, so I'm not a huge movie movie buff, but I certainly love that. And I also really like when I get a chance to see that um, awesome TV series that has to do with kind of the country Western theme. Um, do you know the name of that show? Yellowstone? Yellowstone. I, I yeah. actually really like that show a lot. With, with Kevin Costner? Correct. Yes. Love it. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, big, big fan. Big fan. And it's going nice. to start back up, I think, soon. For, for its, its final run. We'll stay a little bit on that theme. I hope so. Even if you're not a huge movie watcher, yeah, I mean, you got to pick one, De Niro or Pacino. I'd probably go De Niro. I thought it was hilarious. I think De Niro's awesome. There's not a wrong answer. I just got to put you on the spot. Now, no. how about James Bond? I mean, James Bond was huge when we were growing up. Are you a James Bond guy? James Bond kid? Yeah. yeah Connery? I think there was Connery a or more? Yeah, Probably Sean Connery. I feel like I connected the dots with him more. And do you remember Goldeneye? Oh, yeah. um, there was actually a, a video game called Goldeneye I used to play as a kid. And so I certainly liked all the James Bond components of that. I do know Goldeneye and I do remember that video game. And we did not plan this, people, just in case. This is just how like in tune we are right now. What's the last video game you played? Whew. I mean, I really, really enjoyed the competitive nature and drive of the incredible NFL game, Madden. Madden. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I love, I love me some Madden. Awesome. And I love that they're bringing back the NCAA football game now, too, that EA Sports did because it was <laughs> it's awesome. So cool. It's so cool. <laughs> love that. All right. Love I'll get game. you out of here. Going to get you out of here real quick. Favorite food, and you can't say pork tenderloin sandwich. Well, that was definitely not even close to being my top 100. Um, no, I, I tried to get something cool from Indianapolis that they eat, and the only thing I could find was pork tenderloin sandwich. Yeah, well, it's definitely not a, uh, a delicacy of Indiana that I so love, but it is probably a delicacy of India. Chicken tikka masala is unbelievable, and Todd used to eat that a lot, and especially when he was sick, so that's kind of special to me. So nice. I'd probably go with chicken tikka masala i certainly love um crab legs and, and lobster too you, you can't go wrong with either crab legs or lobster let's say you just had a nice crab leg dinner what's the dessert Oof, anything chocolate it's unbelievable how much i nice. like chocolate and <laughs> you know what my dad my dad is 92 years old and he's in great shape great mind and uh, he's always had a little ice cream usually chocolate almost every night and, and a beer or two so Love he's it. a testimonial for me on what i need to consume at night <laughs> what's what's dad's go-to beer what's what's rick's go-to beer so his dad's was a um, cincinnati brand called who day or who to pull 
but I think okay. he's like me now, just kind of a Coors Light, Miller Light guy. So nothing too intense and just one or two. We're both pretty big guys. But um, I, and occasionally I like to have a little super sweet Diet Coke and um, Captain Morgan. Okay, there you go. That hey, that's a nice like sunset drink when you're looking at that championship trophy from winning the MPL in 23. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, no, that definitely is true. And we uh, we had a little celebration that night that was super fun in Glendale. Um, and I can tell you that you know being in the chicken and pickles and the fact that they do have drinks at their locations and after you know a hard day is play. Um, our new locations for 2024, we will be at establishments that also have drinks because a lot of times 50 year olds do know what they want to drink after they finish a tournament and it's not water. You know what else they do? They, they sing karaoke. What's What's your go-to karaoke song? (laughs) I mean, I really, really like that. Pour some sugar. I like that song, you know, um, Def Leppard. Um, Uh, But you know, when we had 80s karaoke, 80s karaoke with Joan Jett. Do you remember her favorite, her most famous song? Oh yeah. I love rock, rock and, roll, and roll, but it turned into I love pickleball. Pickle so put another drop in the kitchen, baby. Oh my That's gosh. <laughs> That's incredible. I can't believe I didn't get that out of out of David or Jen Gowas that there was pour some pickleball yeah. on me. I because I could have yeah. seen them rock. <laughs> Oh, this has been a lot of fun. This has been so great, Rick. I really appreciate you making some time with me. As I let you get out of here, go ahead and plug some things important to you for 2024, maybe another little toiler on the NPL. And then what else you got going on this weekend? I want your final pick, Niners, Lions, Ravens, Chiefs. Okay. Um, Well, first of all, NPLPickleball.com. We definitely have the trademark to the National Pickleball League. We're excited about that. And so that's on our socials with, um, you know, Instagram and Facebook. We'd love for you to follow us. And then um, Rips, at Ripskin, we have through Instagram and then Ripskin, Facebook. Uh, so many of my fans and or past clinic participants um, have asked me, when's my next camp? So I'm getting my camp schedule out, which I'm going to do about 15 this year. So that'll be out um, relatively soon. But um, I'm really excited to play next weekend with um, with a guy named Chris Headings. Uh, he's an Arizona guy. And um, I'm going to play with Natalie Bagby, and that's in the Daytona tournament. So nice. pumped for that. Jaime Onsings is my most um, most common doubles partner I have for about seven tournaments this year. Um, and then I'm missing my Beth Bellamy. Beth Bellamy had a um, procedure on her knee, and I hope that she gets to be really healthy in about she's six months from now. Right? So. Yep. I miss, she's on the mend. She's totally on the mend. Um, but, you know, super excited, you know, with 12 teams, um, you know, to be a draft. I don't know where I'm going to be drafted. I have no idea. So whether it stays in no idea, I move on. You know, I have no idea. And so I'm super excited to establish a new relationship um, with a new city and a new ownership group, or I'm happy to stay being the indie guy. And so that'll um, work itself out. We're going to probably – do the in the at the combine in March the picking of the draft order and then our our draft is that Sunday of the U.S. Open I think it's around the 14th of April. But um, to answer your last question, I feel pretty confidently that you're going to have the Niners um, beating the Lions by at least 10 points. 
I think mm. the uh, Ravens will be will beat the Chiefs, and I think it will be not as close as everybody thinks it's going to be. I think there's a ton of people that think the Chiefs are going to win because it's Patrick Mahomes. Right. And I look for the Niners to beat beat the uh, Ravens in the championship, and that has one qualifier, and that is Christian McCaffrey has to be healthy. If he gets injured, then all bets are off. So healthy he is the McCaffrey. MVP of the league, in my opinion. Healthy McCaffrey takes the Niners over the Ravens in a rematch of a Super Bowl that we saw the lights go out and the Ravens take the victory. Awesome. I appreciate it so much. Have a great weekend down there in Florida. Big thing, the NPL 2024. Big things for Rick Witzkin, who is joining me today. Thanks again so much. Take care, and we'll talk soon. Nickel, I love your show, and thanks for having me on. Rick, it was my absolute pleasure. I'll be watching to see where you end up for NPL 24. It's sure to be a great year. Tune in to the championship recap on January 31st on CBS. Stay safe out there and stay hydrated. And I'll see all y'all right here next time.